ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Everson, your host. With me, we have uh, investor and trader uh, Patrick and Matt. What an interesting week uh, last week. I, there's so many up and downs, so many <laughs> emotions. <laughs> Made a lot of money, lots of money. Why don't we start off with you, Max? What happened with your uh, What happened with your trade uh, performance last week? Uh, so last week I talked a little bit about Apple and how I thought it was the right time for it to pop, uh, just because of what the chart was saying. So I got into my position on Monday, and uh, you know, so that was a nice move. Uh, then uh, looking at the spy, I got into some calls and and rode the market up. And as soon as I saw that uh, things were turning for the opposite, actually it was on Wednesday. Uh, while the Fed was talking, I was seeing a lot of bearish activity. But I actually hesitated, so I actually had to go until Thursday morning for me to build my uh, my bearish portfolio with a few puts, um, and then you know rode that down, and uh, so it was a lot of fun, up and down, you know, just making sure I kept reading the charts to see if there was some weakness or some strength, and uh, took advantage of it. Did you trade it throughout the week? Yeah. It looks like it made a hill. It looks well, like what? It looks like the past week has made itself a hill. Like it's gone up. It's peaked out at its resistance level at about uh, 24.40, or actually, it went up about 24.42. So it's at 354.67. It looks like, or yeah, 354.46 rather. And then now it's back down at uh, 338.79. So it made itself a hill. What do you see it going from here? Do you see it going more on the upside or? So. Well, I thought we were going to talk about that later in the show, but you know what? Just to give you guys an idea of what I'm seeing long term in terms of the weekly chart, I'm seeing some very um, bearish activity. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, for two or three weeks, we're seeing the markets go down. But in terms of the short term, I see a lot of bullish activities on the uh, on the hourly chart. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have a nice little pullback up. Uh, so on Monday, I'm going to build some calls, uh, depending on how the market opens up, because I'm seeing a double bottom. And uh, so I'm going to take advantage of that up movement if there is one. Yeah, uh, you know, just going through Bloomberg News earlier before the show, uh, I saw a pretty bullish call um, from some economists in the Middle East that they thought that the assets and the markets, uh, especially in the United States, were going to soar. How about for you, Patrick? Would you would you trade how did your week go? Yeah, I actually had a tough week. I mean, I can't lie. Monday started off so well. Yeah. But after that, it seemed like every position, even the ones that have been strong in the past few weeks, they just started bleeding out. And even silver actually started going down, which kind of surprised me. I mean, we saw kind of the same thing um, a few weeks ago or I mean, I guess now it's two months ago in March when it started crashing. Silver actually went down too. So, you know, I guess that's what the pattern is right now. So I was kind of like hurt in every front because usually traditionally like silver and the stocks kind of um, inverse each other, but now they were both going down. So right. that hurt me a little bit. Um, and even though I like Max on Thursday, I saw that the chart was going down for the spy, but I just reacted too late. I thought that I was trying to set it up for Friday but, or rather, sorry, on Friday, I was seeing it go down and I was trying to set it up for Monday, but 
at the end of the day, it just started uh, going up. And I, I kind of got caught, honestly, on the wrong side. So, yeah, I had a tough week. I hope that next week's a little bit better. Uh, I have to mitigate the losses. So, Yeah, I remember in the beginning of the week, uh, Max, he, he'd said to us, uh, you know, as we were talking, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, get ahead of the market and trying to predict where the market was going to go. And here Patrick and I were like, no, no, it's going to go up. It's going to go up. <laughs> and Max is like, no, I see it going back down. <laughs> yeah. And we got caught. We got caught in the transition. So a few points that I wanted to bring up, and maybe uh, you both could talk about it also, is uh, false breakouts, timing the market, chasing stocks, and trade thesis. I know it's a lot to, uh, you know, come up with, but I personally... I think this is why a lot of people had gotten caught. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and make a little comedy thing after after you do this part. But uh, <laughs> you guys know where I'm going with it. But as far as false breakouts, timing the markets and chasing stocks and a trade thesis, what would be uh, what would be your advice, Max, on uh, well, investors? actually, can I ask? Can, can we break it up and just do one yeah. question at a time? That way, I'll be real yeah, quick. absolutely. We could do that. Perfect. So the first question, let's talk about the, the uh, false breakouts. Sure. Okay. So false breakouts. Now, anytime you're putting a stop loss on the market, um, the market makers and some of the uh, bigger forces actually have access to that information. Um, so they can actually puncture your stop losses, activate them, get you out of the market, and then go the opposite direction. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't use stop losses. They're very important to mitigate how much you're exposed to the market. But you just have to understand that that's a process that does happen sometimes. And so um, I did build, I increased my position uh, with my puts once I saw that the price level had gone below 300 um, and it went down to 298 something on the SPY, but then it came back up. So there was a false breakout and then it started building a double bottom. As soon as I see that, I am out. I, I'm In terms of losses, I didn't even have any losses because I had, uh, sold some calls on top of that and uh, so I just exited because I got confirmation from the charts that I was wrong so when you have false breakouts you really have to pay attention to it as soon as you see the signal you're wrong get out and uh, reduces your uh, your losses so an entrance and an exit strategy Max has been really good with these uh, entrance and exit strategies and just for clarification the institutions that are able to be be able to see all of our positions that we put in for stop losses and limit trades, limit orders, these are at a level four level. Is there a level five? Uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure if uh, regular retail traders have access to it. Uh, in right. fact, when I was uh, on Wall Street, our branch did not have access to it. Um, so that's actually wow. more inside information. Uh, okay. In terms of entry and exits, um, I just look at the charts. I know I'm being repetitive, but to me, the charts tell me everything. It tells me the story. And you guys could tell me the most amazing stock. I don't care what the stock is, but if the charts tell me, hey, you know what? Today's not the right time to buy. I'm not even going to get in. Even if it's the greatest stock of all time, it's going to go up to a million. The charts tell me it's not time. It's not. So I'm going to look for support resistance and the charts tell me where to enter and exit. But in the pre-show, you had made a comment about, um, you know, confirmation and lining up with fundamentals. I'm going to make a mental note of that 
and later on when we get to our next topics we'll go ahead and bring that up fundamentals and charters uh regarding to uh tesla and how about for you uh patrick what did you see as far as a false breakout uh i'm looking particularly myself at friday uh friday was a false breakout day for sure yeah and the thing is that i mean we can't we can't disagree with max but I mean, the chart doesn't always say everything. Like Friday was a good example. <laughs> when it went below open and it kept, it made like three lower highs and lower lows. I mean, that showed a lot of weakness. And when it went under the close from the previous day, I mean, to me, that was very bearish. And what happens next? Like 12 green candles straight up. So it feels like all of the bears had sold their position during the day and now it was time to buy. So, you know, you couldn't really necessarily see that in the chart. Sometimes, Max, that's why you always look for confirmation, right? But so there's that. And if we look at a longer period, I mean, this week, it, it feels like it's a clash of titans between the vast majority of people that think that they people just want to buy stocks right now people just want to buy and then you have the hedge funds that are the mentality that i mean they they still think that it's overvalued and it's going to go down so it feels like there's this clash where so the market doesn't really know where it's going one day it wants to go up one day it wants to go down so i don't think we've found that equilibrium yet well, I, I think that, you know, people who want to have the stocks go up, I know I know that a lot of people want that to happen, but I, I think a lot of people over the quarantine has turned to stocks as, as their way of, of trying to be able to make money. I know that Best Buy, uh, speaking to uh, some of the uh, workers there at Best Buy, people are going in to buy computers because they want to trade in the stock market. Um, so for some of you Robinhood traders, uh, I was thinking about holding this back before getting to the next topic, but uh, we, we can we can reengage uh, later. Hertz, right? I mean, perfect example. That was a comedy hour right there with, with Hertz. Uh, the great clownery. The, <laughs> you had the uh, Robinhood traders that a lot of them were Robinhood traders that pumped this stock. If, if a company is in bankruptcy status, that means that all of the shareholders that's currently in existence uh, holding the shares of stock, they're going to be they're going to be taken out unless the company decides that they don't want to file for bankruptcy. But in this case, the judge approved with Hertz uh, for the company to be able to sell off the rest of the shares that have been pumped into the market. I, I'm sorry if you got bit by it. Uh, many people had gotten bit by the uh, by Hertz. But it was a no-brainer uh, for that, that type of activity. And uh, Patrick uh, voiced that uh, very clearly throughout <laughs> the week. <laughs> so be careful, guys, because, you know, uh, a bankrupt stock doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good buy. Uh, Max came in with some knowledge in the, pre, uh, the pre-show, uh, you know, speaking about how... you got to stop talking about still... the pre-show because we're going to have a line, hey. you know, waiting for that pre-show, you know. If you guys want to, maybe we'll do a premium for the pre-show. You can get, uh, you can pay something for it. But uh, until we could develop ourselves at these, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, the, we talked about uh, it in the pre-show, how there isn't a, an opportunity for us to trade it, especially with the charts, what the charts are saying. And I do have to agree with them. Um, there is definitely a day trade, uh, especially in the earlier 
uh, the earlier game of the market uh, for us to be able to, to get into that. But yeah, I would, I would rather play it safe. But getting back on target, so how about for timing the market, uh, Max? Timing the market, any words for that? Should you time the market? Uh, so- I think you you can do the best you can um, if if you're correct with your thesis, like you were talking about. You have to. That means that the price doesn't really matter that much. But the worse trader you are, the more important the price will be, just because right. you know you're you're not really sure what you're doing, where the support resistance is. You're not going to protect your losses, and so. Price matters more the worse you are as a trader and matters least uh, the better trader you are. So to me, I just follow what the chart tells me. If the chart is wrong, I make sure that I cut my losses, I make my adjustments. Um, and so there's also this uh, this other concept where Everson and I can actually go on opposite directions of a stock. We could analyze it very differently and there is a way where we can both make money. Why? Because we are all we're both sticking to our thesis and we've prepared all the necessary adjustment strategy plans, you name it, positions for us to make money. So it's it doesn't have to be, well, he went for this stock and Max went against this stock and they both or, or one person won. It's possible that we both win as long as we stick to our thesis and we've made all yeah. the prepara- uh, the preparations for that move. Yeah, I tell my clients all the time about that. You want to stay stay true to yourself. And if you made a mistake in your thesis, the idea is not for you to just break off of what your thesis has said. You still keep it consistent. And basically, you fall on that grenade. You know what I mean? Um, you, you go through the process because you can make adjustments after it's all said and done. Um, could you make ad- adjustments in the process? Yes. But what, when we talk about false breakouts and timing the market, all too often, what the, the element of what this leads to is emotions and when we allow our emotions to be bigger than our the understanding of what's happening in the market we get ahead of ourselves so instead of making a a decision that will later end up you know hating ourselves for uh just follow through the process uh notate you know where you last left off and what the reasons were for of why that happened and i think you should be in a better shape each and every time because you make that adjustments later on in your strategy how about for you, i just Patrick? wanted to add something i'm sorry i just wanted to add something right there um so you were talking about emotions you know mitigating your emotions uh, with the market and so whether you win or lose or you make money or you lose money in the stock market you should be emotionless if a, a uh-huh. great news yeah. came out for a stock mm-hmm. that you have you shouldn't be excited you know that was part of your thesis and you followed through with it if information comes out against your position you know you make the adjustments you get out you there should be no emotions and so patrick calls me the viking all the time and i feel like that's a big reason why i'm very successful in the market because there should be no emotions whatsoever so i mean how's this one for emotions you got 2.5 million jobs in may um trump's doing a payroll tax that allows uh, businesses to be able to at least tread water for a little longer but at the same time i give you two negatives job losses are equivalent to, to 1929 uh, we also have the second wave coming with the governments reopening all, all around the place economically what sounds more sound so it's really it's it's really you looking deeper into your fundamentals 
and you looking deeper into the chart experience that will, will really uh, give them knowledge, no matter what the analysts are saying. Statistically, 2.5 million jobs growth looks pretty good. And a tax for small businesses and everything uh, where they could you know, deduct taxes, that looks pretty good too. I think it overpowers the two. But let's see the way the news plays it. But we'll get to you, Patrick. What do you think about the timing the market? Yeah, you got me a few topics here. Well, if you don't mind, let me just go back to Hertz. I just want to mention that uh, I don't know if people understand it, but in a bankruptcy, the way that this um, stock market is done, uh, the bondholders and institutional investors get paid first. So the stockholders get paid last. So that means that let's assume that they do go through bankruptcy. If you're holding the shares, it's not necessarily a good risk versus reward. Now, if you're doing day trades on it or like you're keeping it for two days or something like that, like, and you're just playing on the momentum, that's a different story altogether. But there's a lot of people Max is talking about, right? Yeah, and that's fine. Like, no problem with that. But there are a lot of newer investors out there that started investing recently that saw it like, oh, wow. And one of my friends actually said that before. Oh, wow. It went from $6 to like 55 cents. That means it can only go back up, right? No, not necessarily, right? So so that's the point is some people made a lot of money with it, but you can't just base it, your, your analysis on, is there going to be another fool to buy it for a higher price? So going back to timing the market, right now, I don't think that you can just like a lot of studies have been made where people timing the market don't necessarily have much better results and the reason why is especially right now where we don't really know if it's going to go up or down like i i still very skeptical even though last week i said i was bullish i'm bullish because of like other factors like the government and everything but i don't think that the economy is that strong so what you should do what people recommend that you do is like if you find a stock that you're really interested in and you think it's you know, good long-term, buy it. And then you have, you're going to be fine probably in both directions. The reason why is if it goes down, you can do what's called average cost down. Uh, You just buy more shares and that lowers the average price that you bought it. So when eventually the stock market goes back up, you're going to make those gains too. Um, so an example of that, Everson had recommended one stock to me one time and it's, I, I bought a thousand shares at 375. Well, it actually started going down. It went down to 325 and unlike Max, I'm not a Viking. So, you know, I was a little miffed about it, but what did I do? I bought more shares, brought the cost down and then it went straight up to 490, right? So I made a pretty good profit. Well. You can do that with almost every stock. So if it goes down, you can average cost down. And if it goes up, you get your profits right away. So you don't necessarily need to know the direction short term. So that's like one of the fundamentals. If you're not doing like momentum trading, you have to understand that's how you have to do. Like don't buy 1% of your position right away. Try to stagger it. And this, I think, is flexible for a lot of people. Um, Good. Good, good words of advice, uh, Patrick. Um, um, I would disagree, but okay, why? Well, I mean, what what I'm saying is that you know, there's there's different strategies for everyone. Uh, he 
Patrick had bought the dip and he saw sort of the same thing that I saw in this stock, ORC. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was a great strategy to go ahead and, and buy the dip. I mean, uh, I would have probably bought the option, uh, the call option for it, but I, I was chasing other stocks. I, I play way too much, man. I have over 60 <laughs> Everson, stocks. Look. Let, let Max tell me why he's not. I'm in a fighting mode right now. Fighting mode. So come on, Max. Bring it. So so the thing is, if, if uh, you're not going to worry about timing the market, that means more than often you're going to buy the top because that's where the stock gets a lot of media. Oh, my gosh. You know, Tesla's going to a million. That's probably where you're going to hear about it. And then you're, you're going to buy at the top. And so as it's going down, oh, you might think, hey, I'm here for the long term, three, four, five years. But during that period of time, you're losing the opportunity cost. So to me, it's a lot easier to just watch the charts, see where there's a nice bottom out of support, get in there. Even if you have to wait a week, two weeks for it, that's fine. Or you can actually not have to wait. You could enter your position and create a discount for yourself on the position, but that's a little bit more advanced. So to me, in terms of timing, it's it's. I said that price doesn't exactly matter the better you are, but it does matter. I mean, you can't buy a stock at 60 bucks and have it go down to 40 and say, hey, you know what? When it goes to 72, I'm going to make a lot of money. So the opportunity cost to me is very important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with that. As you know, like I, I don't like buying it when it's at its 52 weeks high. But at the same time, if you're always waiting, which I've done many times before, like DraftKings is an example. I mean, I've brought it so many times. I put it on my watch list, watch list at 19. And I said on the show that I wasn't ready to buy it yet. Well, what did it do? Boom, it went to 40. Now it feels really expensive, so I'm not going to buy it, right? So I because I was trying to time it right, I just missed that opportunity probably for however long it takes for it to go back down some. You know, I, in the earlier games, or in the, let me retract, <clears throat> let me think. In the earlier days, when I first started to invest in the stock market, I noticed this lesson clearly uh, about timing, um, trying to time the market, but trying to time a stock. Uh, and this was with Apple. I thought that Apple was so expensive when it when it uh, started going up to $20 per share, when it started going up to $120 per share. This was before they split and everything, right? And so I, I see, you know, past 100 and I'm thinking it's still too expensive, but I bought it anyway and I made money. The only regret that I had, I didn't let it sit. I should have just let it sit and I should have I, I just fed it and, and, and kept feeding, uh, feeding it because I'd probably be in a different place right now. But uh, it, <laughs> but what did it, your you know, thesis say? I didn't have a thesis. I didn't know anything. Oh, back then. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have done whatever you wanted. Buying stocks because, <laughs> you know, back then you had a fifteen dollar uh, fee to trade in and out. So yeah. I didn't have a lot of money. I started off at two hundred bucks. So this is just uh, this is just a start off trade for me. But I I seen value. So understanding the timing in the in the market, sometimes you don't want to uh, get in into it too deeply because. All right, as our next topic we'll talk about is chasing stocks. Timing a stock can lead for uh, to, for us to start chasing stocks. So Max, so ever since you you're you're in the middle, then you don't you're you're not going to be the tiebreaker. Well, I I'll give you an example, right? So AMD, I I I would chase AMD 
And I, I thought that I could be able to time AMD, right? Uh, this is when I first got into AMD, but I didn't understand it. But when I start, it started to make sense to me, I actually got into the right timing of that stock. And that's when I first made my, my first breakout with options. I think I, I stock soared about 8,000. I made about 8,000 at, at, at that point. And that's when I knew options is my new best friend. <laughs> On AMD. When it was at $28. It was at, Max, you no, can no, confirm. I said, no, no, what, yeah, but for myself, because I've been following it for a long time. When it was at $28, oh, yeah. Max, do you remember we played golf? And I said, when it's at 24 <laughs> I'm going to jump in and buy more AMD. And what happened then? It never went back to 24. Now it's at 55. You know, so timing, I, I understand like what right. you, the way you do it, you're advanced, you follow the charts, you know when to get in, like you're, you're making it work. But for most people, it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We could go into a deep topic of conversation, but for, for time purposes, let's move on to, to, to chasing. Uh, how about... How about your knowledge of that, Max? Uh, in terms stock. of chasing, uh, I would probably say out of the three of us, uh, chasing is not a problem for me. And because when I see a stock that is a, uh, the chart is just this this exponential growth, you know, like Nikola or all these stocks that you guys usually send me. Hey, check out this <laughs> stock. Um, you know, if I'm not seeing that resistance, I'm not seeing support. I'm not seeing a consistent trend in volume. Um, when the chart doesn't make sense, I don't even, I don't even look at it. I don't care if tomorrow it's going to go up to a hundred thousand dollars. To me, it's not part of my thesis. So chasing is very unusual for me because I need it to break a support or break a resistance or have a pivot point. Um, so in fact, I'm not chasing enough, you know, I should chart, uh, start chasing more often, uh, but it's not part of uh, what I do. So I don't worry about that. So Max, the man who knows no chasing. How about for yeah. how, about, how about for you, Patrick? I don't really have an opinion on it, honestly. Uh, just because yeah. of the fact that, like right now, I, my goal would be to buy long-term stocks, but it's just so difficult right now because I find everything really expensive. So, you know, I, I as it keeps going up, if it gets too high for me, I just let it go. I mean, what about your 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 cyclical stocks based on on the virus i mean there, there's some stocks out there that's you know done really well throughout the environment I mean, all things considered right yeah. ebay did really well amazon did fairly well um, you got some stocks that just they, they they thrived out of what was going on with adversity and everything so i mean I, I guess it's really what we do our research on. I mean, there's always opportunity, uh, I, in my opinion. I feel like there's always opportunity. But I wanted to use chasing as a segue into our, the next topic, which was don't invest in IPO or even if it's not an IPO stock, some Chinese stocks. Be careful. Buyers beware. I'm talking about JFIN. I'm talking about WINS. Uh, stock ticker J. F-I-N. If we look at JFIN on the week, you might have gotten excited if you would have bought in June the 9th when it was $2.49. And then it pops at June the 10th. It pops to about uh, $29. That's 1,133.75%. 
that's ridiculous profitability i know but uh, you know just to be real with you guys that's not practical you know what what we would call these stocks or these types of trades are pump and dumps so oftentimes uh the the a financial institution or or some kind of trader will look at uh, stocks like these and they would pump the stock and hype everybody up and understand that these are stocks that are popping during down market days usually you see them pop about 200 300% people get excited they jump in there market pulls back for another uh, you know whatever the, the case might be so don't be fooled don't get trapped into doing that because you you want to chase this uh, this success in the market we look at win right win w i n wins w i n s with wins finances also another company in beijing the last one was in shanghai uh this stock if we look on the week chart back in june the 9th it was trading at $7.43 and then it pops to a high of i'm looking at maybe about 52.65 so it's about a 602% pop um i remember all of this unfolding as it it got to those levels it maybe had about a 50% to 100% room for uh running but these are very dangerous stocks so buyers beware i wouldn't chase stocks like these i wouldn't even get into stocks like these uh unless i had an absolute clear conscience of where where was it was going to go but it's just so impossible to predict those what don't up? don't you see actually that is a good opportunity to like uh buy the downside Well, a lot of these stocks you you mean shorting the stocks or buying puts? Yeah, just because of the fact that they they come out of nowhere like it's there's no real reason for them to get pumped like that. So, like right. That's what they call them, pump and dumps. Yeah, exactly. But so, like if you can spot them like that. You think that so? would be chasing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would, would be chasing. It's just the opposite. Instead of like chasing to buy, you're chasing to sell it. And it's so impossible to I mean let's look back at Jathan right if we look back at Jathan you you would have to be able to to predict that on that week chart right we're looking at the week chart that on uh, June the 9th or June the 10th so if you bought in at June the 9th and then June the 10th it would have gone up to 680 how would you have predicted that it would go up later on in the day to 1133.75 you couldn't predict that. So if you were a if you were shorting the stock, you would probably get sifted out fairly quickly and you would have to hold that um onto the next day. So talk about talk about emotions right there. You're going through a lot of emotions, but that's literally uh that in my opinion that's literally chasing and you're right at some point it does return back to normal. I mean, you could try and time it but who's to say that it doesn't hold its value? I I don't know. I just don't want to go anywhere near it. I don't want to chase this stock at all. So if you're playing these kind of stocks, I feel for you. I just uh, hopefully that you're on the right <laughs> side in that in that process. Um let's move on to uh let's move on to our next stock topic. Uh What sure proofs your trade thesis? next I'm sorry could you repeat the question I what sure proofs yeah what sure proofs your your trades uh 
thesis. So what do you do? Well, I'll go into uh, a question format then, uh, a better question format then. What do you do when uh, things go bad and what do you do when things go right for you? Okay. Uh, so I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show before, but before, before I enter a position and even though, you know, I don't have a lot of emotions for the market, but I also, um, want to put myself in a state where I have even less emotions, which is before entering a position, then I create my strategies, my tactics for it. What happens when the market goes up, what happens when it goes sideways and what happens when it goes down. So, you know, if I'm buying puts, what do I do when the market goes up? You know, because in theory, that's where I lose money. And so um, I basically have all my strategies written down. That way, when it goes for me, I know exactly what to do. And when it goes against me, I have also my strategy that tells me exactly what to do. And these ideas were developed before I even entered the, the, the market. So theoretically, these strategies are the least emotional uh, piece of strategy that I can use. You know, if I was trying to create it on the fly, then there's a part of me that might feel a little bit of emotion and then my strategies would be skewed, right? So that's why all my strategies are developed before I enter the position. And so, you know, some of my clients are like, hey, look, I have a position here, I have a position there. And it's hard for me to analyze and create the strategies because I wasn't there at the beginning originally with the information they had and so now I'm just trying to create something on the fly. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's like the profits and losses are made before you enter the position. And right. I don't think I have enough time to describe what goes into that, but I'll right. just leave it at that. So before you enter the position, it's the same thing as um, create your shopping list before you go to the grocery store because or else you'll come back with all kinds of different crap, right? Yeah, I have a friend that uh, hates me for going to the store and uh, I don't have a shopping list. And I, I wander the store for an hour. <laughs> we won't talk about my shopping experience. Patrick, how about okay. for you? <laughs> well, I mean, over what time it's you... changed. Uh, over time it's changed. The way I, I, you know, you guys know that I kind of redesigned my portfolio and I'm trying to keep 50% in stocks, 25% in like my daily, weekly uh, metals options and 25% in like more kind of the trades that you Everson and Max do, which is more momentum trading right now. So like it really depends for the stocks. Since I'm in for the long term, there's not a ton of adjustments to do. Like I'm just waiting for them to go up. I mean, if it can take five years, I don't care. I'm going to keep them because I believe in them. Now, when right. it comes to silver and gold well every week we have to adjust so depending on what it does if it goes up just one way if it goes down just another way so it's more about the momentum trade that, that's the ones that require a lot more attention and i mean that strategy for me evolved over time a lot based on you guys honestly so uh you guys are better position to talk about it than I am but basically I just try to cut my losses uh, when, it, when it's not going my way I cut my losses and when it is going my way I just wait and see like when it starts to uh, go the other way and then I exit right away so one strategy one strategy that I learned from this week was that uh, as far as as far as uh, chasing stocks as far as uh, false breakouts and as, as far as uh, you know 
my timing in the market and everything, uh, <clears throat> sometimes you just got to step out and just not trade. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, well, I, I said that's what I did on Friday, but I, I'm, I'm so prone like to buying stocks. I actually bought a, a, a couple of stocks and uh, making money off of it. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, we're going to close with a couple of questions. Uh, we're reaching our time in the next 15 minutes. But uh, as far as you, what do we think? Is it, are we predicting the market? Or is the mar- are we, is the economy predicting the market? Wait, are we predicting the economy or is the economy predicting the market? The market is, are, is the market predicting the economy? Ah, oh, that took a long time to get out there. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's basically the, the question was, is the market predicting the economy or the economy predicting the market? Yeah. I'm going to need today. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> All right. So this, this is my chance to uh, build the opposition. Um, so the market is a reflection of the economy. Uh, wait, actually, what, what my stance is actually the opposite, right? So um, wait, you, you why, didn't say that we guys... all we actually we actually all agree. So now he's trying to be the devil's advocate. No. So why don't you guys go first? You know, Patrick, why don't you go first? Yeah. So basically, one of the basis of like. Um, analyzing what a stock price should be is not only its history of like earnings but it's also what's called the forward pe so basically what's going what should the price be based on the earnings in the next 12 months and then in the future if you can project that far out so that's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to be kind of basing what you should be paying for a stock well sometimes there's some distortions kind of like right now with the pandemic uh, a lot of companies' profits and earnings are so far down compared to what they're traditionally, uh, you know, situated. So in that regards, right now it's a little bit distorted. But overall, that's how you're supposed to be analyzing it. So uh, the stock price is supposed to be a reflection of what's going to happen in the future. Meaning the stock market is uh, predicting what the economy is going to do coming forward. I sort of feel the same way. Uh, did you did you agree, uh, Max, or did you have an opposition? So I disagree. Uh, okay. So I disagree. And so when the economy is doing really well, then people feel like they have extra money and they can feed that into the stock market. And then the prices go up. And so you, you have the cause and the effect. The economy is doing really well, which means that people are putting money in the stock market. Now, when the economy is doing really bad, then you're seeing the opposite. You're seeing people taking money. Hey, you know, I need to take out my gold position because I'm going to need it for my rent, that kind of stuff. You know, I lost my job. So as the the economy is always going to be a couple of steps ahead of where the stock market is. And so as more people lose money, uh, lose their job, you know, they start taking money out of the stock market. And so that's why I strongly believe that the uh, the economy is actually uh, leading where the market goes. That's uh, a great argument on, on both sides. Um, you can't disagree with e- either one of them. It's just, uh, it, it comes to show, you know, if you put these in application to your thesis and, you know, analyze the market as it goes forward, I think that they could both win. 
but so, you know, with that being with that being said, what does it look like for for future trades? I mean, does that are we more bearish moving forward to next week? Or are we are we are we going bullish? Oh, that's a tough one, just because of the fact that, like. That, that's actually why I, I was hoping that Friday was going to close on... I mean, I know it sounds maybe negative a little bit, but I was hoping that it was going to close under the Thursday's close just because of the fact that that would have been more of a signal that people were bearish and the market was going down. So, like, that's the toughest position when you're not sure where it's going up. Like, for years, like, we had this huge bull run. So you could actually like the market was going up so you could plan ahead for that but right now it's so up and down that it's very hard to like make a prediction so right now i have to agree with you guys that it's better to react than try to predict so for yeah. next week i'm actually not sure so i guess i'm kind of going to merge sort of the topic ever since that you brought up a little bit you know, sometimes being on the sidelines is okay. Now, I hate doing cash, so I actually do something else with my cash just to generate a little bit of money. But it's like I said on last episode, on I, I was on the sidelines throughout that weekend because the previous Friday, I didn't have a clear understanding of where it was going, so I was waiting for Monday for confirmation, and that's where I started making my plays. Now, so you stayed in I'm, cash for a bit? Well, yeah, what you would call technically cash. It's, it wasn't really, but yes. Um, and so for this week on Friday, so like Patrick was saying, we, we sort of were looking for a clear signal where the price was going to drop below that 300 support. That 300 support wasn't that strong because it's on the hourly chart. But what's interesting is it held and it created a double bottom, which is very strong. Um, but the other thing is there's also another bullish movement. And I think I texted uh, you guys on Thursday or maybe Friday. If you connect all the bottoms of that uptrend that we've had since the start of uh, March 23rd, I believe, if you connect those bottoms, if you look at where the price stopped on Thursday and Friday, they're actually at the exact same price point as that trend line, which means that, you know, the bulls came out to defend that territory. Now, in my opinion, I think short term, we are going bullish territory. So that's why I said on Monday, I'm looking for my call position. I'm looking for some great plays for the market to go up. Uh, the bulls defending their territory on Friday, and I think that will continue for a while. In terms of long term, if you're looking at the weekly chart, I'm seeing some very strong bearish activity. And I would be very surprised if in the near future we break, uh, let's see, that 321, uh, I'm sorry. 323 level anytime soon i think uh, that might actually be a ceiling a resistance level for us for quite some time so max and this is the resistance i, I, I hate to hijack yes. it but what is it going to take for us to reach your prediction of 420 well so we're just going through this cleansing period because uh the media has fed a lot of you know, true or wrong, doesn't matter. I don't care about that. I just want to see that the, the market re is reacting a lot to some negative news. And it looks like it's been condensed in a very pungent period of time. Um, and so people are reacting to that. You know, there are higher cases of the virus and, you know, correcting the unemployment rate. Um, so that's leading to very bearish activity. Once that cleanses out, we find a nice bottom, which, you know, could have happened on, on Thursday and Friday. 
um, then you know we start once we break that level of 323 then we're gonna keep keep going high but I just feel like we've created a pretty strong resistance at 323 uh, that will hold for a while the most bullish activity that I think we'll see would be a ascending triangle where we will keep hitting our heads at the 323 level for a while as we keep producing higher lows. I kind of see that. I kind of see uh, a bull market, but I also see a bear market as well. So I, I think, you know, be watchful with next week because I, I see those patterns coming in and out. Um, we're, we're running short on time, uh, but I did want to uh, bring in a uh, your perspective on what you feel about the uh, Nikola and Tesla. I know... I know Max doesn't have much to say when it comes to Tesla, but you know with Nikola coming in as competition, um, what do you see in both companies? I mean, one one hasn't really had any any fundamental background at all, and uh, you know Tesla has its fundamentals laid out. It's starting to turn out an earnings, it's starting to turn a profit, and it's in three different countries. Um, what's your analysis? All right, Patrick, man? start or, us off. Patrick, I know you're yeah. eager to answer this. Yeah, actually, the thing is that when uh, Nikola was Vector IQ and it was just starting out, I thought, okay, let's keep a look at that stock over time, see what it does and everything. It has long-term promise and everything. But the fact that we're in a rampant speculation period where people are just looking for the meme stocks and dumping all of their money into it, just hoping that someone's going to buy it higher, to me, that kind of ruined that play for now. And the reason why is even though I've been critical of Tesla in the past, you can't deny that they have an actual technology that's proven and their margins are actually going up, which is extremely good. Yeah, ever since. Yeah, yeah. No, and also the leadership of Tesla. I mean, Elon just launched a rocket into space. You know what I mean? Like, even though I know SpaceX isn't technically the same as Tesla, it has some of the same leadership. They have uh, technology that's proven and everything. Nikola doesn't have that. Like, I was looking at a chart of the efficiency of the uh, batteries that Tesla has versus fuel cells. One of them is 73%. Let me see, make sure that I have it right. I mean, I closed off the website, but one of them is like, it, it's three times more efficient, the batteries, than the fuel cells currently. Now, does that mean that they can't develop the technology in the future to be more efficient? Of course they can, but... <laughs> I mean, it's just not the valuation right now is ridiculous. And Elon called them out on it this week. I thought that was pretty funny. So <laughs> right now, Nikolai is just pure speculation. I'm not touching it. Hey, it looks so like. Are you, uh, are you Elon, buying Tesla then? He said he's not touching it. I'll look at it. Oh man! Wow, this is interesting. So, so, so Patrick is a, a more positive now on Tesla. You heard it. You would be a fool not to change your mind. Like when you see facts in the market, proven technology, margins that are increasing, like you have to be objective and admit when you're wrong. But, so, but wouldn't wouldn't that sort of create an instance where you would chase? I I didn't say I was Wait. buying it right now, but it's well, I'm just worth saying in general, in general. No, because he's going to do his research. He said he's going to look at his fundamentals. He's going to look at probably okay. the charts. And then and he's also, going to probably talk to us like, and make that, his That's analysis. the way. One of the things, <laughs> I, I always 
discounted growth stocks and like we can assume we can say that tesla is a growth stock right but if you're thinking like some of the analysts almost the minimum that they project tesla to be in 2024 is 2000 yeah 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 no i i some some up to like like let's not go into the crazies that say it's going to be seven thousand or ten thousand but if you say that every analyst say it's going to be two thousand three thousand well right now at if you can get it for 800 or 750 it would be a good discount so yeah yeah, i'm kind of changing my theory on that a little bit well real, real quick max uh so yeah i you know Patrick was one that let me know about Nikola, and I kind of stayed out, stayed out of it for a little bit. But I actually did get into it, and uh, you know, I'm, I made a little bit on the ups and the downs on this stock. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I got killed on a on a call. Um, well, I'm, I'm getting killed on a call. So we'll see where that one is going. Was that the call um, from uh, Taken? What's that? Oh, you haven't seen the movie with uh, Liam Neeson, you know? Uh, I've been trained for, you know, whatever. Oh, I yeah, forgot yeah, what the yeah, call yeah. is. You yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> you said you got hurt from a call, and I, that's what I thought about. <laughs> that's funny. But, you know, I, I don't disagree with that, that statement that you made, Patrick, uh, about what all the, uh, you know, financial institutions are saying. It's going to 1500 or even, uh, you know, 2000 I can see that happening. I mean, you're, you're in three different states. Why not? Elon Musk also. I mean, he's created PayPal, right? When he was in Canada, and PayPal—if you look at its all-year chart—it's at an all-time high in its all-year chart for for PayPal. P Y P L. Does it go higher from here? One has one has proven leadership. Like- another has newbie le- leadership. One mm-hmm. has revenues. The other has no revenue. One has proven technology. The other has no technology. So I'm all for speculation. Like if you want to do a flyer on a stock, no problem. But I mean, they're in totally two different categories. It's like a heavyweight versus a midget. I mean, it's not fair fight. Wow. So, so <laughs> you know, the, the younger you are, the bigger part of your portfolio should be in growth stocks, right? Speculation stocks. Um, and so the older you are, the smaller that portion should be because you don't have right. the time to gamble. So now you have all these young people that have plenty of time. If they lose all their money, they could start building up again. But if they do hit gold, they could make tremendous value very quickly. And so the way I see growth stocks is sort of like these chambers, you know? So let's say that Tesla is a chamber and as it starts filling up, the value goes up, the price goes up, right? And so once it reads max maximum capacity, now people are like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to pay $1,000 for Tesla because that room's full. I have a better chance of making a good profit in a similar stock in the same industry. So I'll go for a Nikola. So maybe it doesn't make sense when you're comparing the fundamentals. But if you're looking at the risk reward and price, it's paying too much money for Tesla and they could get better exposure in the same industry, so a uh, market share with uh, Nikola. So it makes sense to me. Now, if those people are building their portfolio on, uh, you know, so their steady income stream, dividend play with Nikola, that doesn't make sense. But if they're putting 50% of the, you know, let's say they're 22, they're 18 years old, they have plenty of time to build their uh, their portfolio later. If they're wrong, 
then and they can mistakes. go with Nikola and make a really good return because so if you're paying for Tesla at a thousand dollars but you're buying Nikola at fifty bucks, you know that means you know for every one dollar that Nikola makes, Tesla has to make twenty bucks. But who's to say that they're going to be successful at making cars? They haven't even made a single car yet. Who's to, who's to say they're going to be successful with it, right? And there's nothing I mean, wrong with keeping it on your watch list and following its development, but you're you're just arguing for the exact opposite of your entire theory, which is to react to what's happening versus trying I, to I'm predict. Not, look, I, that's not my style, but I'm just trying to describe what's going on in their mind. They're, so if, if I gave you a deal, I said, hey, look, for every $1,000 you give me, I will give you 20 bucks. Or no, I'll give you $1 per year, right? Well, no, let's make it easier. All right. For every $1,000 you give me, I'll give you 10, 10 bucks every quarter. Or for every 50 bucks you give me, I'll give you $1 every quarter. Which one do you take? You know? So Nikola is a lot cheaper. It's It has a better chance of making you money than Tesla because this is a growth stock we're not talking about a dividend play we're not talking about steady part of your portfolio this is your gambling play well we're gonna leave i it like there. what you just we're, said this is a gamble i we i we can all agree on that <laughs> well we're gonna leave it there guys uh we've run out of time but uh as your host everson i i also wanted to say i didn't get the chance to say this in the beginning that you know take our show for entertainment purposes only uh, you do understand that the risk to investments can cost you uh, little to all of your, your profits and you can also gain some of the profits. So be smart about it and, and always end up on the green side with, with things, uh, you know, control, don't chase, uh, watch out for false breakouts, time the market correctly, develop on that trade thesis. With me, you have your co-host. We have Patrick and Max. Have a great week and uh Stay safe out there. Hello. See you guys next week. All right, guys. See, Patrick, he introduces me. <laughs>